Welcome to Words with Logan and Friends, a podcast where we talk about sports, life, and a variety of topics submitted by you, the listener. My podcast is now available on all streaming services. Welcome in to Words with Logan and Friends. I am joined on this episode by the Amelia Clark fan club president and what we're going to do here is i'm going to go through and ask 45 burning questions about the nfl right now and then amelia clark fan president is going to give me five questions about the nfl to conclude with obviously with school coming around now i've not been able to record as consistently as i'd like but it's always fun to get back on the mic talk about some sports talk about really anything that comes to mind so Hopefully you guys enjoy this episode that we're about to go through. And I know Amelia Clark fan president is a diehard NFL fan. He's a diehard Vikings fan. I'm actually in his man cave right now looking around. It's the dream. Look to your left, there's purple. Look to your right, there's yellow. (laughs) Again, how it's going to work is I'm just going to kind of rapid fire through some of these questions. I was thinking for the first segment, it's going to be the first 25 questions. And then the second clip I want to go through is questions 26 through 45, and then Amelia Clark's questions there. All right, so here we go. So I, I'm not aware of any of these questions, so this these answers are gonna, just going to be straight from the dome. <laughs> so I think, if, I think I gave you one question. Oh, just cause it, was, it was the uh, playoff team prediction. Yeah, just to give you a little bit of extra prep. So let's get started here. Question number one. So there's a lot of uncertainty. I know you said it best in your dynasty, uh, your dynasty farewell speech, uh, being our defending champion, unprecedented times. It was. So the first question I have is what were your overall thoughts on the NFL's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic? Now, I know you and I mutually agreed there should have at least been two bye weeks. However, they delivered everything on time, I guess. They did, you know, and that, you know, that kind of goes to show that the NFL is built different. And I was surprised that they're, you know, they had a couple games that they had to postpone. You know, you had like the Ravens who played on like a Tuesday, I think. And um, there was a game that was like canceled in week one. Um, I'm not sure what teams were involved in that, but like their bye week was week one. And then they just played 16 straight games after that. <laughs> So I think there absolutely should have been a second bye week implemented. And furthermore than that, I think that there should have been a second bye week implemented in this new CBA that we're getting starting this upcoming season with the 17 games being added. I think that the bye weeks do nothing more than to promote player safety, which the NFL wants to try to give the illusion that they care about. They don't. And what that also does then is extends the regular season. You know, when you have 16 games going on in a weekend, if you have in, if you add in an additional bye week, get rid of a preseason week, the amount of money that you can make will be higher because you're, no one's watching all 16 games every single week in its entirety. So by adding in this other bye, you can kind of spread out the love for the duration of the year, make more money, promote player safety. NFL's got it wrong in that 
So would there have been anything that you would have handled differently regarding like the contact tracing, COVID protocols, anything, daily testing? I think that POC testing is pretty consistent with all sports teams right now, at least the professional ones. Um, I mean, that's the, the best way that they can kind of stay consistent with it. I know that we were talking before about if Mahomes would have tested positive from that barber, yeah. you know damn well that he's <laughs> still playing. He's still playing, you know, like the – and that's what it is, you know. It's just kind of the NFL trying to show people that they care. They they don't like. If Pat Mahomes was in contact with that barber who had COVID, and if Pat Mahomes tested positive, he's still playing in the Super Bowl. The NFL does not care. He would be there. Same goes for Tom Brady. You know that's that's the reality. That's the nature of the beast. It's an entertainment. It, it's there for entertainment. It's not there for, to be the pinnacle for health uh, guidelines and, you know, a role model for that. Sure. All right. So my second question for you is what were your thoughts on year one of having 14 playoff teams versus 12? I know you kind of been opinionated on that one way. I don't know if it kind of switched or what your thoughts are. It didn't change at all. I think that the adding in of the additional team is kind of stupid. Having, only one single team having a bye week I thought was an issue. I'm surprised, you know, and I'm sure that we'll probably discuss more in detail the Bucks and Packers game, but prior to this year, the last, like, 16 teams that appeared in the Super Bowl, you know, you'd have to go back to when it was the 49ers and Ravens, I think. Um, but every Super Bowl since then, so it was like eight Super Bowls or so in a row, every single one of those teams that made the Super Bowl had a first-round bye. So the Buccaneers going this year was, you know, very abnormal to how the NFL had been trending for the last eight years. So the the value of that buy is just, it's too valuable. I think that it, like, the Bills went 13-3. and three. They had to play in a wild card. Now, I know that the Saints, you know, also went 13-3 and three the year prior when there was only six teams. And they got, and they got uh, destroyed in overtime by the uh, Clutch Kirk. But the, I, I, a lot of the changes that the NFL has made, not just in this like most recent CBA with the 17 games, but almost every decision that the NFL has made over the last 10 years, I have strongly disagreed with, other than moving the extra point back. Mm-hmm. Including like kickoffs and such. The back kickoffs. The safety they're trying to put into place. Yeah, you know, like the they moved the kickoff up like five yards. They moved, you take a knee, you get it from the 20 to the 25. They stopped it to where you can no longer get a running start. They have essentially eliminated the effectiveness of an onside kick. Uh, and, you know, like the defenseless receiver type stuff, the sneeze on a quarterback, it's a 15-yard penalty. There's a lot of things that I don't like with the change that the NFL has made. And things like the only one team gets a first-round by, adding in a 17th game, that kind of goes in line. Now, you just kind of – Gave me a good point to transition into, which is question number three. You said 17 games. So uh, the NFL currently has 16 with one bye, and it sounds like they're going to be moving to 17 games with an 18-week season. Uh, Do you see this 18-week season starting as early as this season? And then overall, how do you think this is going to impact the NFL? Yeah, so it will be starting this season. Um, You know, So expect that in September. Uh, We're going to be getting that. I don't know. I think it's really stupid. Like it, 18 games to me makes a lot more sense than 17. Um, admittedly, I'm not sure how they decide the 17th game. I know that like the random 17th game 
for both the Chargers and Vikings is each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they decided on that. Yeah. But the way that your schedule was kind of predetermined, um, you know, there was something kind of kind of beautiful to the nature of how your schedule pans out over time. And, you know, with that, I, I think that they needed to add in another buy. But I don't think there will be much complications with this. What you'll see is, you know, records starting to fall and people will be ignoring, you know, pretty much all the success that people had during 16 game seasons. You know, you'll see someone throw for, you know, you'll you'll see far more 2,000-yard rushers. I know that, you know, it took us eight years here between uh, Adrian Peterson and Derrick Henry, but, you know, if you give Derrick Henry another game, he's breaking the all-time record, and yeah. then people are going to hype him up as having the greatest season of all time when that, in fact, is not true. <laughs> you know, we can even go back and talk about the Juice, who did it in 14 games, <laughs> which he doesn't get the kind of respect that he deserves with that. And, you know, kind of going back with all the, like, so many records are going to fall. Um, because, like, you know, it, it, it's weird how we look at the NFL in that we look at volume stats for a season as, like, the main thing. Whereas in, like, basketball, it's more so averages that people look at and kind of evaluate based on. So yeah, Averaging a triple-double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting the way that people look at different seasons mm-hmm. Uh, from the different sports, but expect many records to start falling. Now, it's also going to be hilarious for fantasy football purposes because the dreaded Week 17 is now going to be our championship week in most leagues because you have Week 18, which is now going to be the dreaded final week. Yeah, so I think that it's good. Like, for fantasy purposes, um, I think the teams should start implementing, taking advantage of that extra game. So, Obviously, make week 18 your week that you don't play your boys in. Hmm. Utilize week 16 and 17 for your championships. For sure. Okay, question number four. I know you actually texted it, so I know your answer on it. Do you consider Tom Brady the GOAT of GOATs? Yeah, you know, as we're uh, as we're sitting here five feet away from three framed LeBron James jerseys, uh, you know, he, he is... There, I don't think there's anything anyone in any sport can do. Now, I'm going to preface that by saying I don't care about hockey. I don't care about soccer. Boxing. Bo- tennis. Miss me with that shit. Golf. They're not real sports. Tom Brady is the greatest athlete across all sports, across all time. And there's nothing anyone can do to pass that. You know, like his seven rings are probably equivalent to like 10, 12 rings if he were to be in basketball so the fact that he's able to do that in football it's unreal just including a a repeat which we saw obviously even for Mahomes was difficult this year barring the injury but still you know it is it has been such a pleasure to watch over the years and I've I've been a big Brady supporter you know in in the minority (laughs) but I I've loved seeing the success and just him churning out win after win after win you know, like, we talk about how, you know, like, looking at, you know, other goats of goats. You got LeBron James who, you know, I'll just kind of use it for an example. Like, when he left Cleveland. So, he's with Cleveland. They have the they have the number one record, you know, like, uh, two years in a row. He leaves them instantly. And during the four years that he was gone, the Cavs had the worst winning percentage in the entirety of the NBA. He goes back, joins them, then makes four straight finals. <laughs> You know, that's, you know, 
And then, you know, you, a parallel to that is Tom Brady, where, where the Buccaneers, you know, you can look at it over the last 10 years, but like all time. And they played this during the uh, Super Bowl was that across all sports, all time, Tom Brady has the highest overall winning percentage of anyone ever. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as a team, have the lowest winning percentage of all teams across all four major sports. Walks right in there, that sleeping giant Super Bowl. Like he, you know, the, in in that Super Bowl there, he was ready to put up forty points on the Chiefs. You know, people talk about the defense, but the Chiefs weren't going to hold hold Brady back. Uh, I'm very surprised at the success this year and. You know whether you like it or not. Like th- this was probably the most important year of his career, and he delivered in the best way possible. Now, one comment I will make is I strongly agree with you on the goat of goats. Um, I know. That, do you consider golf a sport? Uh, I don't know enough about it other okay. than uh, like the majors that people. Okay. Have. So, and I just watched the documentary on it, and you know, just from when we were growing up watching golf. I would say Tiger Woods was the most dominant athlete in his prime of all time. Overall, as a career, though, I'm going to call Tom Brady the GOAT. He's the GOAT of GOATs. Tom, but, again, Tiger Woods, I just wanted to throw that in as being dominant because he won when he he literally came in, uh, I think at the age of, what, 18 or something, 18 or 19, and he won his first major at the age of 18 or 19. I still remember his first major tournament that he got into in the pga was in at brown deer which is in milwaukee okay it's crazy but yeah um i know we're not talking about golf here um but yes tom brady great career and i'm curious well there's a question coming up about tom brady and the bucks so i don't want to go too deep into it okay question number five you're gonna love this one any thoughts on aaron Rodgers' comments following getting bounced from the buccaneers <laughs> in they- that post-game interview they were definitely well warranted, you or know. I guess it would be season-ending interview. Him, uh, him, kind of throwing the management and everything under the bus. You know, when he sees on the opposite side of that, everything that the Buccaneers did to prop Tom Brady up. Let's go back. They they sign Tom Brady. He says, "I want Gronk." They go out and get Gronk. You know, go transition to the draft. They spend their the 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 Bucks' biggest weaknesses were their offensive line and their secondary, because obviously the year prior. They were the number one rated rush D. And, you know, Shaq Barrett, JPP, their D line was stacked. They needed to – and, you know, with Devin White, Levante David, their their secondary back end needed some help. In addition to that, you got a 43-year-old quarterback who's not mobile. <laughs> you need to protect him. So what do the Buccaneers do? They sign – so obviously after signing him, they then sign Gronk. Then after that, you go into the draft. They spend their first-round pick, Tristan Wirfs, oh who gosh. was phenomenal like, – yep. What a what a grand slam of a pick yep. there. And then they used their second-round pick on Antoine Winfield Jr., who was very, very good, mm-hmm. helped them out in one of their biggest positions of need. And then in the third round, they draft Keyshawn Vaughn, who didn't end up being a factor due to, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. But, you know, for them to invest that heavy initially into him. And then as the season, you know, right before preseason, Leonard Fournette gets cut. They go and sign Fournette. Brady claim says we need to get Antonio Brown. Bruce Arians on record. No, he is not a fit for this locker room. They sign him anyway. Every single move that they made in hindsight was the correct move. 
Also, at the time, it was the right move as well. Doing everything you could to make the situation around your quarterback better. That is phenomenal work by the GM and by everyone that was involved. Flip side of that, you got Aaron Rodgers. They go in. They go into a free agency with their biggest needs after getting. So this is you know going back to after they lost by like thirty to the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Biggest needs: some defense and a number two receiver. What do they do in free agency? Nothing. Moving on into the draft, you got they they tr- use their first round pick to trade up with the fourth round pick to pick a backup quarterback who best case scenario was never going to see the field at all. Now, for all the Packer fans out there who want to say, "Oh, you know that little fire under Rodgers. Look at how good he played." Well, probably would have played a little bit better if he had a receiver to perhaps throw it to. Or I don't know, someone on the defense who could stop Brady or anyone throughout this year. So they waste their first round pick and their fourth because that was packaged up to pick a backup quarterback. They waste their second round pick on a backup running back. Aaron Jones had just come off being a top 10 running back. And this year he was a top 10 running back again as well. And then their third round pick they use on a fullback. Fourth round pick they don't have because they use that to trade up to get the backup quarterback. They did. The Packers front front office actively sabotaged the situation around Aaron Rodgers. And he still brought them to the NFC Championship game. The Buccaneers did everything they could to get Brady up and it won a Super Bowl. So, it like, Aaron's looking across the field saying, damn, I need me what he's got. Mm. And I think that's a fair criticism for him to have. And you got Mark Murphy and these guys saying, oh, we're not an idiot. Aaron Rodgers is going to be our quarterback. Of course you're an idiot. Look what you did last offseason. Because every every move that you made didn't indicate that he was going to be. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely interesting situation. I'm looking forward to seeing what what they do, if anything, this offseason. We'll get to that. Okay, so number question number six is regarding a recent transaction that happened in the NFL. So what are your initial thoughts on who the winner is of the Jared Goff-Matt Stafford deal? So I think the winner of this trade is the Lions. And I say that because they're not they weren't gonna go anywhere with Stafford. They're not gonna go anywhere with Goff. They at least have an opportunity to attempt to rebuild, which they first, sorry. What? I think they got two first. They got sorry. two they got two first and Jared Goff. And with that, you know, like Goff's not gonna elevate you, but neither is Stafford. You get those two firsts. I I at least appreciate what the Rams said in that. We're not trying to win a trade. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll buy that. But I think that the Rams lost that trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if the Rams go on to win the Super Bowl, that is going to have a long-term effect on how teams start valuing first-round picks and how teams perhaps try attempting to win games in the future. Because that will set a completely different philosophy for teams to use as a blueprint moving forward. So I want to kind of piggyback off that to question seven. So who, if anybody, do you think follows Matt Stafford to the Rams? I know their defense is completely dominant. So I feel like they're going to have to have some guys on the offensive end. Um, I'm not sure what their cap space is. Hold on right here. I'm pulling it up. The Rams are 
They got 26 mil in cap space. I don't know who they're going to be. Oh, hold on. This is outdated. This is with them uh, having Goff on their roster. Uh, I got to say, I don't know their cap situation well enough to know. But, I mean, their offense is relatively decent. You know, we had um, the rookie running was the Cam, Cam Akers. Akers yeah. Like, he played – he had a really nice game in the playoffs. And, obviously, they drafted him in, like, the second round. Second or third? Yeah, second or third. Uh, I think third. I could be wrong on that. And then, you know, like, Robert Woods is still fine. Cooper Cup, decent. Like, they got offensive pieces there. Their team for 2021 has a real chance at making a run. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to sign anybody, though. All right. Question number eight. Let's get to Bill Belichick. So, question number eight. Um, if you kind of want to look up their cap space a little bit. So, my question about question eight is, what do you think is the blueprint for the offseason of the New England Patriots? Obviously, they had a pretty disappointing year. Cam actually showed some promise at the beginning of the year, but... Got COVID and then yeah. kind of fell off. Yeah. Because you know Bill Belichick obviously wants to compete. Now, I think it all starts at the top with the quarterback and what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to bring back Cam Newton. No, they're not. Nor should they. You know, he had that, like, little run there where he looked like he was ma- going to maybe, maybe be okay. So, it looks like they got about, like, 60 million cap space. They – I think they're, like, top five. Mo- they they can pretty much do whatever they want. However, they do need to resign. They got Joe Thune, who's uh, going into free agency. Um, and that's one of the guys that I want the Vikings to look at in signing. Uh, David Andrews, their uh, center as well. Um, you know – those are their two biggest pieces that uh, they need to retain. They're going to get a lot of their guys back because they had like four starters opt out. Mm-hmm. So with all of that, they still won, you know, uh, what was it, seven games. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm them, if I'm Bill, I'm tr- like, especially since Brady just won this. You can't miss the playoffs a second time in a <laughs> row. Uh, but I think that they should there, – there's a lot of quarterbacks that are possibly available, and I think that they should go out and try to acquire some, one of them. So um, do you think free agency or the draft? I'm thinking more so trade. Mm, okay. Because there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have been linked or potentially thrown into trade conversations. So I don't think they're going to go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo again. No, I don't, I don't see that either, but – you know the uh, there's not really any free agents of value. I mean, like like Jameis. I think that's one of the top guys. Dak, but he. I don't know. We'll talk about Dak. Yeah, I think their best move is to make a trade. You know, perhaps for like a like if they had Derek Carr, they might they they may have made the playoffs uh, <laughs> last year. It, like it sounds funny, but they may have. Um, but. So you think that they're, they're big ones were those two players retaining them and then probably the quarterback? Yeah, so, I mean, they need to make sure that their offensive line is still intact. What about some wideouts and some targets? Cause I right mean, now, they need they need everything yeah, on offense. Yeah. Uh, Sony Michelle is garbage now. <laughs> J- I think James White might be leaving. They have no one that you would – like Edelman's their top or Jacoby Myers, those are like their top. They, they don't they don't have they don't have a skill position player on their team that would start on any team that made the playoffs this <laughs> no. last year. Nope. So there's so much offensive work they need to do on that team. But it's gonna start with retaining their offensive line and making a trade at quarterback. All right, question number nine. I know we have complete opposite opinions on this. 
Number nine is Philip Rivers, a Hall of Famer. No, he's not. Yes. So, Philip Rivers, I know he's like top five in yards, top five in touchdowns. All right, you as a Chargers fan, what's the most, what's the biggest game he's ever won? I, I thought you were gonna say biggest game, but then you said one because I was gonna say the game he played with the <laughs> No, 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 no. What's the biggest game he's ever won? Probably a couple. Uh, of games. There's nothing. There's nothing. So he and he's he's gonna be in that same boat as like you know we'll see what happens with Stafford uh, as he goes on. But I think Philip Rivers is the baseline for are you a Hall of Famer? Are you better than Philip Rivers? Yes or no? If you are, Hall of Fame. If not, no Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Very Good. Never at any point in his career was he a top five quarterback in the league. Never got an MVP vote. Never. One. He had prime LT. He had prime Antonio Gates. Their defense was very good. He And the Chargers spent the rest of his career wishing that they had retained Drew Brees rather than Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers never won a meaningful playoff game. Never was top five at his position. I could name 10 people during his era that were better than him. Are you telling me that there was 11 or more Hall of Fame quarterbacks that played during the Phillip Rivers era? No way. (laughs) Being an above-average quarterback that played for a long time does not qualify you for being in the Hall of Fame. You want to compare him to his peers, every single one of these guys that I'm about to name has had more success, whether and just career success. So let's just start, you know... Uh, what was his rookie year, or like 04 or something? So Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning. Um, I This is just like off the top of my head here real quick. I'm trying to uh, – I would make an argument Matt Ryan because you know what Matt Ryan did? Had an MVP season. You know what Matt Ryan did? Got up 28-3 in the Super Bowl. This is like – there are so many other players that want Russell Wilson. There are so many other players that have either won Super Bowls or won MVPs and peaks were far higher than that of Phillip Rivers. He is not a Hall of Famer. Now, you can tell the history of the NFL. Like, think about it this way. Ta- let's talk about the last 20 years of the NFL. There is a lot of things that you would talk about when writing the chapter of the NFL. There's not a single paragraph that Philip Rivers is mentioned in because he never was the best. He never was even close to being the best, and he never won anything worthwhile. The story of the NFL during his era can be told without mentioning his name, and you wouldn't even notice. Now, you said you don't think he is one. Do you think the NFL will grant him the Hall of Fame? That's the better question. That's tough. I think maybe. I I think maybe. Got it. But he's not one. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Question number 10. So if you had to pick right now, I guess we can even say just for the year 2021, who do you think is going to be the quarterback for the Saints? Jameis Winston. Okay. They got to resign him, obviously. Yeah. The I mean, they're paying Taysom Hill a lot of money, and I think it's possible that we see uh, him starting the first couple weeks, but we saw enough of him last year to know – he ain't the answer. Another Jam- question coming up. <laughs> he ain't the answer. <laughs> uh, Jameis Winston has that potential. Like, get on him for his 30 interceptions, I'd get it. He did throw 32 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards. 
He then had to get, like, LASIK eye surgery because he couldn't see. What if he just all of a sudden can put up, the like, the, the positives and then cuts back, like, halfway on the negatives? That's an MVP-level quarterback. <laughs> Question 11. So are the Buffalo Bills the new kings of the AFC East? Yeah. I, I think they are. Do you think for how, how long do you think that they're kind of cemented in as being the top dogs? That's that's up to Tua. Okay. And I guess what Bill Belichick does too. I I don't see I don't see the Patriots uh, making any headway and winning that division in the next mm. two three years. You you mentioned they don't have any skill players. They got a pretty good defense, but it's only going to get you so far. <laughs> Question twelve: Has Cam Newton played his last snap as an NFL starter? As a starter? Uh, no. <laughs> so you think someone's going to take a chance on him? I do. I do. Like, how old is he? Like 31. Okay. He's got a couple years left of hopefully, like, somewhat of a chance. Yeah, so he's 30, he'll be 32 at the start of next year. Okay. Hmm. So do you think someone signs him with the intent of being their starter? Or do you think, no. Okay, so they do it as a backup, no, and then he yeah. just kind of – I think it's also possible that he uh, would act as one of those bridge quarterbacks as well, which to me never at any point in time ever makes any sense <laughs> ever. Maybe the football team will sign him and uh, then draft some guy. <laughs> the football team might. Football team needs a quarterback. They got such a good defense. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're young. All right, 13. More recent news. So hey, hold, hold on, hold on. Is Cam Newton a Hall of Famer? No. Well. Philip Rivers has a better career than Cam Newton. Cam Newton's highs are far higher than that of Philip Rivers. No. They are. No, I okay, fine. More mobile quarterback. He's more fit, but he ain't mobile anymore. Okay. Not a better passer. Question thirteen. More recent news. JJ Watt. Where do you think JJ Watt goes? And then what are your thoughts on the Texans? flat out cutting him with <laughs> trade offers being sent they had according to some sources multiple trade offers they were able to sift through yeah so i'm not sure what they would have been able to get to him i'd be shocked if it was anything better than a third round pick mm -hmm. so i mean the texans you could probably talk for the entire offseason about uh their franchise uh I think perhaps at that point it was more of a respect thing where, hey, JJ, we're just going to let you sign wherever you want. Uh, I'd go with the Packers. So that they, uh, the Packers restructured David Bakhtiari's contract uh, yesterday, freeing up $8.3 in cap space for this upcoming season. That's about what I think JJ Watt would probably get mm -hmm. on like a one year deal. So bring him home. I think, I think, I that's feel like it's got to be a given. He's got to be going to either Green Bay or Pittsburgh. I can't think of anywhere else that would he'd be like desiring to go. Well, home versus with the brothers, the Buccaneers. Okay, uh, the Chiefs. Now, if he went to the Bucks, he'd have to take because they got a lot of free agents there. In yeah, Tampa. they do. So he'd probably have to take a smaller contract, I would assume. Uh, if they're going to run it back, I I'm expecting Shaq Barrett to leave. Okay. I watched an interview that Shaq Barrett had uh, on Undisputed, and he said he's going for the bag. <laughs> And the Bucks probably can't do that or they're going to have some problems. No. Yeah, they can't. All right. So let's talk about some cap space hell. So I'm going to give you right now the five worst cap positions right now. Um, and then if you have any general thoughts of, I don't know, if you want to just talk about them in general or if you have, like, 
what you think they might do. Feel free to give some feedback there. All right. So here we go. Number one, we got the Saints. The Saints are $78 million over the cap. <laughs> the Eagles are number two, $68 million over the cap. Falcons, then it's a big drop-off. They're $24 million over the cap. Rams are $19 million over the cap, according to this. And the Steelers are $17 million over the cap. Now, I don't know if that doesn't count in some of um, some recent transactions that have happened. Because the Rams, 19 mil over the cap, I think that was before they got rid of Goff, if I might not be mistaken. Okay. So what do you think about – the main one is the Saints. I mean, 78 million over the cap, that's preposterous. I don't think it's a big deal because that's kind of like how the Saints have been operating. Like, they knew the bill – they were going to have to pay that bill eventually. Yeah. And I think that the Saints did it perfectly mm. in that they pushed everything that they could, like, down the road – while trying to maximize the time that they had with Drew Brees. Obviously, we saw that he restructured his contract to be on, like, the league minimum. He's retiring. Um, I think the Saints did it perfectly, so I don't think this, like, you can't fault the Saints for, yeah, albeit they didn't win a Super they, they you know, what did they have, like, 14 years of one of the greatest stretches of football of all time for a quarterback play, mm. and they got one Super Bowl appearance out of it? Kind of like a Rodgers situation. It is. However, at least the Saints were proactively trying to extend the time in which they could win with yeah. Drew Brees. So, I, you know, th- they understood that this was coming. So, I don't think that's a big deal. The Eagles, now that's an entirely different mess. You you won four games. Did win a Super Bowl, though. Well, th- we're, I guess this was we're three years removed from that. <laughs> th- this was not any, like, that was not part of the plan. Like, they, they, they were in a much better situation before then. Like the reason why they're under the cap, like like why they're so far um, over the cap now is because they signed Carson once to this contract. Like here, let me pull up. I'm uh, pulling up their uh, stuff here. Who are the highest paid players on the Eagles right now? Carson Wentz cap hit thirty four mil. Fletcher Cox twenty three. Brandon Grand eighteen. Lane Johnson eighteen. Darius Slay sixteen. Javon Hargrave fifteen. I think I've heard that guy's name twice. <laughs> okay, like. They have a lot of cap casualties that they're going to end up having. You know, like Zach Ertz is for 12 mil, um, Deshaun Jackson. There's there's a lot of issues on, on this team here. But I think the big issue is that they're, you know, so far over the cap and they only won four games last year mm-hmm. and they're trying to trade their quarterback away. They're in a terrible situation. At least the other teams that you mentioned at least have some kind of structure and foundation in yeah. place. Okay, question 15. I know you've had some fun with this this fun with this question this uh, this past year. So, what do you think actually ends up happening with Dak Prescott? I think the Cowboys are going to franchise him for a second time and say, "Prove it again." <laughs> and I think they'd be smart to do so. I think that Jerry should take. So, the Rams never should have, and it's easy to say this now. Rams never should have extended Goff. Eagles never should have extended Wentz. Maybe they, like, if you're talking about the two of them, I'd maybe say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could maybe extend Wentz. But the, you know, they came out they came out with Dak, and I think that he's going to look at this situation like, okay, like, you know, the NFL, like, they always look at other things that are going on and try to compare it to their own situations. That's why, you know, when Dak Prescott and his team goes to the table, they're going to say, hey, look at these other quarterbacks. Look at what they're getting paid. We're better than that guy. We want more money. 
Jerry's going to look at it and say, well, these situations here were very, like, there has, of all the quarterbacks that have signed deals in the last, uh, like, few years, the only QB-friendly deal that has been signed was the Pat Mahomes deal. Every other deal with that, quarterback ran away laughing uh, with that team. Including Kirk Cousins. uh, Including Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Question 16 here. Shout out to our good friend Joe for this question. So what do you think the Broncos should do at quarterback? Currently, Drew Locke is there. Uh, They need to move on from Drew Locke. (laughs) You know, like the – you know, you're not seeing the progression from him that you'd like to see in a quarterback. You know, like, whereas, like, let's let, let me just use um, a fellow AFC quarterback, for example, in Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen went from terrible to average to MVP level. Whereas you look at, you know, like Drew Locke, he threw 15 picks this year. That's not good. And they, like, here. Because, like, think of the investments that the Broncos made into their offense heading into the season with Jerry Judy, with I don't even know uh, what his name was, the other receiver that they picked in, like, the second or third Sutton. round. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then they have Sutton as well. Like, they have offensive weapons that you can take advantage of. And he was not good this year. I think that they should move on from him and. You know, if they don't, we'll be talking about them as a five-win team after this year with a top six pick in them picking a quarterback in the first round in the 2022 draft. Question 17. Going to stay on the quarterback carousel here. How about the Indianapolis Colts? What do you think they do at quarterback? They trade for they trade for uh, Carson Wentz. Frank Wright was um, offensive coordinator of the Eagles when they won the uh, Super Bowl. So he has a lot of ties with Wentz. Wentz played his best with Reich as his offensive coordinator, although, yes, I know he's not calling plays. So there's a connection there. And the Colts are in a window. You know, it's amazing to think how good the Colts would be if Andrew Luck wouldn't have retired. But I think that that would be the most likely destination for him. All right, question 18. Let's look at some running backs. So what do you think ends up happening with Aaron Jones? I think personally the Packers should let him go. He's going to be way too expensive. We know running backs are replaceable. What do you think happens? Yeah, I don't don't think the Packers will keep him. So, I mean, you know, it's going to sound like I'm, you know, contradicting myself in that, like, oh, yeah, the Packers spent a second-round pick on a backup run. Like, A.J. Dillon may be their guy this upcoming year, but with the window that you have with Aaron Rodgers, you don't draft for two years in the future. I think that the Packers let him go, or they franchise him. Mm-hmm. I don't think they sent him to a long-term contract, nor should they. Now, question 19. Is Cliff Kingsbury a good coach in your eyes? Um, no. <laughs> the air raid offense he's bringing from college, and I don't think it's really translating into the NFL. I mean, so they've... They've not made the improvements that I that you'd want to see. I mean, they were 8-8 eight and eight this year. If they wouldn't have uh, lost either of their last two games this year, they would have gone on to make the playoffs. But that's, you know, with the 17-team crap that we have here. They're, all, like, I don't know. Like, I'm going to just go with no. Like, 
And by good, he's not top 10. If you're outside of the top 10, I'm not going to consider you good. You'd be average at best. All right, question number 20 comes in from a listener. Mr. Justin wants to know, do you take Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson as a better dual threat quarterback? Lamar Jackson by far. So do you think Lamar Jackson is a better runner? Yes, and a better thrower. I think he f- beats Michael Vick in everything other than a 40. <laughs> what about Marcus Vick? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so question number 21. I know you'll love talking about this one. Did Matt LaFleur lose the game for the Packers versus the Buccaneers? No, he didn't, but his he had one of the most cowardly calls in NFL history. <laughs> By kicking that field goal, um, you want to know who you want to know what and who. So, you know, there's a whole aspect to it. Who lost the game for the Packers in that? The front office for not putting the pieces around Aaron Rodgers in the offseason like they had the opportunity to, like the Bucks did. In the moment, the Packers' offense lost that game, and the lion's share of that blame is on Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady tried giving that game away with three interceptions in the second half. Want to know what Aaron Rodgers did with that? Nothing. Three outs, right? Uh, I think they scored a field goal on Mm -hmm. one. They did not make – the Buccaneers tried giving the Packers every single opportunity to win that game, and the Packers never took advantage of it. And that is on Aaron Rodgers. Also then, at the end of the game, if Aaron Rodgers runs it uh, when he's scrambling to the right, he's going to be able to score that touchdown running it in. He doesn't. He throws it across his body, and it's a bad decision, bad throw, and then just a coward move. Like, Matt LaFleur should be fired on the basis of, oh, yeah, I'm going to trust. Like, did Brady throw three interceptions in the second half? Yes. But Matt LaFleur's decision-making was, I'm going to give the ball back to Tom Brady with two and a half minutes left, and he's not going to get two first downs on me. You you kicked the a cowardly field goal and said we're going to stop the goat. You should be fired for that offense. <laughs> 26 and 6 in the regular season be damned. And back-to-back NFC Championship losses. Yeah, uh against the 49ers, they in no way were they got smacked by yeah. the 49ers. So they weren't they didn't have any calls that he could have There there was nothing like they got outplayed in the, I mean they sure shit got outcoached as well, but I don't necessarily think the Packers got outplayed against the Bucks. They played them pretty even. It was just terrible coaching. You know, like the difference in coaching, like between the two, you saw it was a fourth and two with like, what was it, like 14 seconds left or something, something like that. Like the Bucks weren't in field goal range. And that Scotty Miller touchdown, that isn't. Now, I don't care about how bad of a defensive call that was. Obviously, Mike Pettin got fired for it. But the fact that. Bruce Arians said, yeah, we're going for this. And, you know, so, like, the, the, the combination of you seeing what Bruce Arians is doing right before half to what Matt LaFleur is doing at the end of the game, inexcusable. All right, let's move on to our next question. 22, any coaches off the top of your head right now that are on the hot seat? Head coach. Uh, I want to say John Gruden, but he still has seven years left on his fucking contract. So, like, can I really say he's on the hot seat? Uh, I'll say Cliff Kingsbury is. Because if you're entering, 
you're entering your third year. You have a franchise quarterback. If you miss the playoffs three years in a row with a franchise quarterback, you should be fired. And arguably a top two, three wide receiver as yeah, well. Yeah, so. yeah, you should be fired. And, you know, that that goes to Sean Payton in them day, those days where they missed the playoffs three years in a row with losing records, the 7-9 and nine with Drew Brees. He should have been fired back then as well. <laughs> um, Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. Not if he smashes a couple watermelons. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Matt Nagy is on the hot seat. I think he should be fired should have already. Been gone already. Yeah. Um, Vic Vangio is on the hot seat. Zach Taylor's on the hot seat. Um, th- those are my biggest hot seaters. Yeah, I can't believe that are really sticking out outside of that because a lot of a lot of them have new coaches. Pete Carroll, I don't think so. No. Nah. Um, but yeah. So twenty three. Do you believe that Alex Smith won the play the comeback player of the year the moment he stepped on a field? Yes. Like <laughs> he was a bad like yeah, they won like four out of five games after he started playing, but that was not thanks to him. He was not a good quarterback. Him putting on the jersey, two steps on the field, they already engraved his name into the uh, thing. Doesn't matter that Ben Roethlisberger led the Steelers to what? Well, did they start off at three, 13 and 0? They were 11 and 0. Okay. They then did lose including the playoffs five of their last six. Yeah. So that's another issue. But yeah, Ben Roethlisberger coming back missing a full season and they're fucking 11 and 0. Yeah, I think that probably has a better argument <laughs> for for it. For actual overall player like play. 24. How long do you think that the Lions rebuild is going to be before they're competent? If at all. So what do you consider, first of all, to kind of put uh, perspective on this, what do you consider to be competent in the NFL? Eight and eight? Because I feel like you're just no. mediocre at that point. Given that we now have 14 teams making the playoffs, yeah, I, I know the Bears made the playoffs at eight and eight. If they're not a play, like, I don't see them as a playoff team in the next two years. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine that their rebuild is three or more years. They're uh, such a dysfunctional franchise that I've never seen win a playoff game in my life. <laughs> They, they're among the worst teams in sports history. <laughs> All right, question number twenty-five. I'll let you rant to kind of wrap up this section here. Let's hear the argument of Harrison Smith versus Tyron Matthew. <laughs> oh my god! So it really pisses me off. So they uh, they named Tyron Matthew uh, la- last year. They named Tyron Matthew the all uh, on the 2010s All-Decade team. Harrison Smith beats him in every single possible statistical comparison um, during that era. More tackles, more interceptions. Shit, he played on a number one ranked def. He was the best player on the number one defense. Or I'm sorry, he was the number one player on a top five defense. Five years in a row. And, um, you know, like the comparison between the two, Tyron Matthew, his he's not as good in any way. Who do you want in coverage? Who's the better coverage safety? Harrison Smith. Who's the better in-the-box safety? Harrison Smith. Who's the guy who's played at a high, the highest peak? Harrison Smith. It is blasphemy that Tyron Matthew got on the all-decades team over Harrison Smith. That's what we got for questions one through 25. So we'll be right back after this to go through our next 20 questions. 
Amelia Clark will ask me five and then we'll wrap up. I have a big history of this trophy being made by my father and it's such an honor and I know all the craftsmen that made it when my dad was there also at Tiffany's and it takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of hours go into it. It just really upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it was a real football. I didn't sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset because I, I know the, the passion that goes into this trophy and how my dad and all, all his fellow silversmiths are so proud to make this. I've seen this trophy being made at the factory in Tiffany's. Rose says she's not a football fan and doesn't pay much attention to the game, but she watches it till the end for one specific reason. I only watch the game to watch the trophy come out and I like to see all the, the owners and the, and, the, and the football players just hold it up with such pride. And tonight Gross has one message for the seven time Super Bowl champion. This has nothing to do with your athletic ability whatsoever. It has everything to do with disrespecting a highly coveted trophy that a lot of work goes into by the silversmiths and all the other team players. I personally would like an apology, not just to me and my family and the other silversmiths, um, but to the, to the fans, to all the fans out there, all the football fans, the other team players. All right, so we're back from the break, and during this time, you know, as we discussed before, I didn't have time, or all, all, I didn't have any of these questions in advance. So this one uh, is one that I'm very passionate about and is just a disgusting act by the NFL. Let me, I, I had a moment here during the break to kind of compare the two. Let me talk to you about Harrison Smith versus Tyron Matthew. Um, so they, you know, this is from... 2012 through 2019, uh, Matthew came in in 13. So side-by-side -side comparison, I did a little chart here. Uh, I'll start with everything that Tyron Matthew has in the decade over Harrison Smith. There are three things here. Tyron, Tyron Matthew has more overall pass deflections. He has a better nickname, and he has a better hairstyle. That's it. That's the end of the extent of Tyron Matthew over Harrison Smith. Nothing else in any wake of life is Tyron Matthew better than Harrison Smith in. Here's what Harrison Smith has over Tyron Matthew. More Pro Bowls, more All-Pros, more interceptions, more interception yards, more touchdowns, more forced fumbles, more fumble recoveries, more sacks, more tackles, more QB hits, more tackles for loss, higher peak, better team D success. And here, and they picked Tyron Matthew for all decades uh, DB over that. Based on what? His hairstyle and nickname? Because that's got to be the only thing that, like, that somehow outweighs everything that Harrison Smith beats him in. That is blasphemous, and it's unfortunate in that that's going to be one of the big things. You know, when we talk about uh, Harrison Smith uh, at the end of his career. Will Harrison Smith be a Hall of Famer or not? The answer is probably going to be no. First, the Hall of Fame is unjust, unjustifiably unfair against um, safeties. You know, like look at like Atwater, for example. Um, 
But Harrison Smith being left off the All-Decades team is a huge blow to his uh, future Hall of Fame chances. Even though he outdoes Tyron Matthew in everything other than a nickname, hairstyle, and pass deflections. <laughs> Pen drop. Let's move on to 26. Let's get back on the Vikings train here. Let's talk about the, the, the Vikings secondary. So I got two questions, two parts. First, do you think the Vikings bring back Anthony Harris? Second, what do you think they do with Harrison Smith, knowing he's in his last year of his contract? I don't think that they bring back Anthony Harris. I think it was a smart move to franchise tag him last year rather than signing him to the long-term deal that he did want. Because for a year and a half, you know, uh, Pro Football Focus will tell you he was one of the five best safeties in the league. We're talking about the back end of 2018 and the uh, totality of 2019. I think it was a good move, um, not giving him a long-term contract. Harrison Smith, you know, that's one of Mike Zimmer's babies. I think I'd expect for them to uh, restructure and give him a contract extension that'll keep him here uh, for the rest of it. He's 31. Um, you know, probably get a couple more years of quality play out of him. I'd imagine that they restructure him um, to bring him back for several more years to come. Question 27. So does Allen Robinson finally get a competent quarterback after years of the following quarterbacks? Blake Bortles, Mike Glennon, Mitchell Trubisky, and Nick Foles by signing somewhere else in free agency. So he's a very good receiver. Um, I think that he has a real chance of putting up some numbers with an actual quarterback. Here's the thing, though. If you're the Bears, do you franchise tag him? I would. <laughs> Probably their best free agent. He's Yeah, he's their best offensive player. <clears throat> you know, you, you could franchise him and then trade him away. You know, like, that's that's a thing. I don't think you let him walk for a future third-round compensatory pick in 20... Uh, what would that be then? 2023 third-round mm. compensatory pick. You can do better than that. And then question 28... So do you believe that the Packers finally, after years of fans, analysts, everyone pleading for it, that the Packers finally draft a wide receiver in the first round to address the wide receiver two, which would be next to Devontae Adams? I don't know. I think there's a lot of ways that they can go with it. If they go with uh, defense, I don't think anyone can be upset about that. No. But I think they'd be better off trying to address the wide receiver two position in free agency to where you at least can, you know, know that you're getting a wide receiver two level guy there and then try to build young on the defensive side. Not they've been linked a lot to like guys such as well, Will Fuller around the trade deadline. There was some links there. Yeah, and they didn't want to give up a second round pick for him. Yeah. Uh also Corey Davis. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is a big name that's been linked to them. Allen Robinson's been bounced around. The, the wide receiver class this year for free agents is really, really good. So there, there's definitely guys out there. But we know that, for whatever reason, they're just awkward in terms of like offensive free agent ads. I think they should try to get a wide receiver to win free agency and then go defense in the draft. Because mm-hmm. they're going to be pick 30. I would yeah, assume. Or 29, I'm yeah, not sure. 29 or 30. Because they were the number one overall? No, Chiefs were, right? Well, them and the Bills had the same record, oh, okay. so I don't know which one actually. Like, 
off the top of my head. I don't know which one is 30 or 29. All right. Question 29. It's more so a comment. It's going to be another rant. So I want to hear your rant of the Carolina Panthers signing Teddy Bridgewater. (laughs) So this is one of those. So I'm wrong about a lot of stuff. This is one of those that I, you know, I was standing on the table clamoring for how bad of a move this was. And I was referencing the fact that Teddy Bridgewater was going to be too good and win them out of a few games, uh, preventing them from attempting to build around, uh, you know, a, a young upcoming quarterback, which there's a few of these in this draft. And now here we are. They offered the eighth overall pick, Teddy Bridgewater, and then like a fifth round pick or something for Matt Stafford. Like they are in such a bad position. Like, the signing of Teddy Bridgewater, I said, was going to damn the Panthers for years to come because they were never, they weren't going to be bad enough to build around, they weren't going to be bad enough to build around a, a few, or I apologize, bad enough to secure a top top pick and uh, build around that rookie quarterback because Teddy would just be too good. So looking at their looking at their wins that they had, they beat the Chargers twenty one to sixteen, and uh, I think Justin Herbert's uh, first start. Yeah, the Chargers should have won that. There so, was a lateral. So yeah, the if if they don't have Teddy Bridgewater, they're losing that game. They lost at I'm sorry, they beat the Falcons by seven. Uh, that if you have a terrible quarterback playing, you maybe lose that game. Uh, and the the only as I look at this, if they don't have Teddy Bridgewater, they go two and fourteen. Uh, they still would have won. They still would have won two of their games, just based on kind of like how those results would have been. And two and fourteen would have put them in prime position at like the second overall pick. Uh, actually, I guess with tiebreakers, you know, maybe they're third. You know, given the jet, but they they would have had the second or third pick in a draft rather than. I'm going to just say they would have had the second pick in the draft rather than uh, the eighth. And Teddy Bridgewater was the difference between that. They're stuck in no man's land with Teddy Bridgewater. It, it was a terrible decision because, again, like he win, won them too many games. They can't build around an upcoming rookie quarterback. They're going to continue to fail during this Matt Rule era. They're going to have to fire him and then try to rebuild again. Question number 30 uh, is about the prolific Number one pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, Trevor Lawrence. Some call him Sunshine. So some have named him as the best NFL prospect since Andrew Luck. However, there are also some that would go as far as saying the best NFL prospect since Peyton Manning. So from the very little, I know because you haven't seen much tape, right? Uh, I've watched, I think, four uh, Trevor Lawrence games. Okay. Um, I think every college football game that I've watched, actually, in the last uh, couple years have been Trevor Trevor Lawrence playing. So from the little that you've seen and heard about Trevor, I mean, you've heard a lot, but seen from Trevor Lawrence, what do you view as being his NFL career outlook right now, if you had to predict being in Jacksonville? So the Jet, like, one, so the Jags do have, you know, like 100 million cap space. You get a franchise quarterback you can try to build around that. Like, you know, they're not, I mean, I'd say that they're in a far better situation than some of the other teams that are drafting a little bit behind them, you know, given the cap space they have, you know, urban Meyer is a real wild card Mm -hmm. uh, for a coach. That's either going to be a disaster or it's going to be good. I think part of the issue is that, uh, how old is urban Meyer? Isn't he like, uh, 60 or something? Well, I know that he retired from Ohio state due to health. 
Yeah, well. <laughs> um, let's see. He is 50. Okay, so I, I guess it's okay. I, I thought he was a little bit older than what he was. Um, I think it's a good, it's a bold move for the Jags, so I appreciate that. I think Trevor Lawrence has a chance to succeed. You know, like they do have, you know, like uh, James Robinson had a great year. Uh, and Chark got a young, young, that, I guess we'll call it defense. Here's the thing. Their weapons right now are far better than what the Patriots have. Yeah. And then they have, on top of that, they have a hundred million cap space and they get to live in a, uh, no state income tax state with great weather. Mm-hmm. They have a chance to build around that. Like here's the thing. Like the Jags should have made it to the Super Bowl three years ago with Blake Bortles. <laughs> I think if they get a great prospect like that, they have a chance to uh, succeed. Uh, Hoping for the best for Trevor Lawrence. I saw this video uh, a few months ago. It was an interview of shaved head, eighth grade Trevor Lawrence. He was, you know, rated as the number one eighth grader in the country. And they did an interview with him. uh, And he was talking about uh, uh, how excited he was heading into high school. And that motherfucker didn't lose a game for like seven years after that interview. You know, like... The he wins games, he's great. Like I, I wish him all the best. All right. So the next question also includes Trevor Lawrence. So I'm gonna give you five young quarterback. Now I kept I kept Mahomes out because we can assume him to be the number one. So I'm gonna give you five quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, and I want you to rank them from one to five in terms of NFL outlook right now. Okay. So you let can me, write them uh, down. Yeah, let me get this. All right, go ahead. All right, number one is Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Okay. Number two is Josh Allen. Number three is Joe Burrow. Number four is Justin Herbert. And then five would be? Trevor Lawrence. So okay. I want you to rank those – if you have a rationale for what that would be, go right ahead and do it. Again, number one we assume would be Patrick Mahomes. I also kept out Kyler Murray. I think, um, I, I think that you should also keep out Josh Allen. Okay. Because uh, he's just in a completely different class so of all of these other guys. Would you put – I mean, Mahomes obviously is in his own tier, but would you put uh, like Kyler and, and Josh Allen in their own tier? Yeah. Okay, so Josh mm-hmm. Allen and Kyler, we'll put them in tier two, and then I'm assuming you would have Allen over Kyler. Yes. Okay. So yes. now let's go look at so tier we got, number three. We got we got Tua, Joey B, Herbert, and Trevor. So rookies or people with one year of experience. Yeah. So uh, Herbert uh, showed a lot of potential. You know, as uh, he showed that he was the second best rookie uh, this year, and I mean the outlook is a little bit harder to predict given uh, that I strongly disagree with the direction of their coaching decision that they made. But, I mean, he's obviously shown the most potential. Out of these four, I'm going to go Herbert, Trevor, Joey, uh, Burrow, and then Tua. Okay. The next question is number 32. What do you view as being the current state of the Houston Texans? Obviously, everything completely went to shit, starting with Bill O'Brien with the Laramie Tunzel deal. And then the shit, I'd trade me for that. <laughs> and then the DeAndre Hopkins deal, 
and then literally everything else that has happened this year. What what are your thoughts on the Texans? So, I don't want to put all the blame on, and I don't think that Bill O'Brien should get as much blame as he does get. Like, he wasn't a bad coach. He was just a terrible GM. And when, you know, he's making deals to try to keep his job, that is in major desperation mode. So you kind of set yourself up for failure for that. But it's amazing how 13 months ago, the Texans were up 24 to 0 on the Chiefs in the playoffs. And here they are now. It's wild. Um, how how would I? What was the question? So what do you what do you think happened, or like what? And then also, what's your outlook for the Texans moving forward? My outlook for the Texans is uh, misery <laughs> and is pain. Yeah, get used to it. They appear to be the by far worst run franchise of the major three sports. Um, they're, they're in a terrible situation and I think that the, it, it, you know, seemingly something, something new, you got the JJ Watt release, you got, you know, um, all, all so obviously all the, all the trades that Bill O'Brien made out is, you know, it's poor, but and then you got the, they, they have no picks to be able to rebuild. They, they got rid of JJ Watt for nothing. And you had the like president step down the other day. Um, they're they're just a terrible organization, and it's amazing how far they have fallen. Qu- Outlook is bad. <laughs> All right, question thirty three. So I'm going to give you the groups of teams that have hired a head coach, uh, and then who it would be, and okay. then I want you to you can either rank them or just kind of talk about who you view as being the best and the worst head coaching hires uh, just with your immediate thoughts in mind. Okay, I'm ready. So first we have the Chargers hiring Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator for the Rams. We have the Jets hiring Robert Salah, who is the her Salah, who is the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. You have the <laughs> Texans hiring was his name David Cully? David Cully. Who is basically like the, uh, the a player coach or something for the Ravens. You have the Jaguars hiring Urban Meyer, former head coach of Florida. Uh, and but You need to ask our, our, our Mike to send you. He has this list of how many players are like in jail that played on – uh, this Urban Meyer national championship team, it was, <laughs> or or dead in Aaron Hernandez's case, uh, but anyways, Jaguars with uh, Urban Meyer, Florida and Ohio State. Then we have the Eagles uh, taking Nick Sirianni, who was was the offensive coordinator but didn't call plays for the Colts. Uh, you have the Lions taking Dan Campbell, <laughs> the tight end coach for the Saints. <clears throat> And then the Falcons finally taking Arthur Smith, who is the offensive coordinator for the Titans. So in total, that is seven teams that have changed head coaches this offseason. What are your thoughts? Okay, so I'm going to rank these first. Uh, I'm going to put them in uh, kind of tiers as I'm sitting here. Uh, I'd probably put 
Tier one, uh, I'm putting Urban Meyer in, just because you can't argue with the. Six- I know, I know the uh, background of the uh, why he's left uh, his <laughs> teams. However, you can't argue with you know, a coach should be judged on the wins and the losses. He wins games, um, so I like that. So then moving, then I'd probably. So then I'll kind of go. This is going to be in a very jumbled order. I'm going to say the worst, the worst uh, head coaching hire was Brandon Staley uh, for the Chargers. And I say that because I don't – when you have uh, – Which, by the way, Chargers was the highly touted head coaching position this offseason. And they were linked to Brian Dable, who I would have fucking loved. That, that, would, have, that would have been the higher fo- – well, Anyone who is offensive focused uh, would have been the correct hire for the Chargers. I don't think that hiring a uh, a defensive coordinator who has never called plays or did he call plays? I don't. You, I don't. You said he didn't. Think he did? No. No. Yeah, he did. Or he was. Did he? he was with the Rams. He like Sean McVay's on the offense. Yeah. So okay. So pretty much, you're just giving a defensive coordinator a challenge flag and telling your franchise quarterback to develop. With random OCs walking in and out of the door for the duration of Staley's career, so I'm putting so I'm putting the Chargers at worst hire because although they're not the, they're certainly not the worst of these teams, I think it's disappointing the direction they didn't go in. Uh, they're you know argument for like Dan Campbell, who I'm gonna put in that bottom tier as well. Uh, just watch his opening press conference. But bite kneecaps. But the Lions at least clearly have no direction that they're <laughs> the Lions are at least trying something new. You said tight ends coach, he was more so like the assistant head coach. Hmm. So he's not gonna be calling plays or anything like that on either side of the ball. The Lions are at least trying something different. But I like they're 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 certainly probably among the worst here. The Texans, uh, I'm gonna put down there as well. The Texans are, uh, you know what? I'm gonna put the Texans below the Lions, and I say that because uh, if you look at what all of the Ravens, uh, so he was like the he's like the passing game coordinator or something like that. Like he was involved in the pa- when your team is doing everything they can to not pass the ball and you're in charge of the whole passing stuff that's kind of an issue uh and you know i mean it's a shit situation in that like that was the least coveted job in football so you know kind of a bad hire there uh let's see i'm jumping all around here but the eagles i'm gonna put as the second best hire now that's a that's an interview you need to see if you have not seen it i I, i've i've heard it was terrible however they're trying now i at least like the direction that they're heading in with this in that so nick sirianni there so frank reich was their offensive coordinator um when they won the super bowl frank reich goes to the colts sirianni goes with them i think that they're maybe realizing that perhaps uh frank had a lot more to do with that championship than doug uh may have So they're trying to pull on the uh, coaching tree of Frank there Um, because he will have some familiarity. You know, Nick is going to have some familiarity with the Eagles players there. So I like that. Um, Let's see. 
The Falcons, I'm going to put as the number three, getting the offensive coordinator for the Titans. They've had a they've had a really good, uh, you know, they've been real good on uh, the last couple of years. It's amazing how much better the Titans' offense got when when they uh, got rid of Matt Lafleur. That's something to think about. Mm-hmm. So my overall uh, rankings here, I've got it. So based on you know situation, fit, and everything, in order: Urban Meyer, Nick Sirianni, Arthur Smith, Robert Sala, Dan Campbell, David Cully, Brandon Staley. All right, let's stick on the topic of head coaches for number 34, one that was near and dear to your heart. How does it feel that Kevin Kevin Stefanski walks away and becomes head coach of the year for the Cleveland Browns? You know, it's disappointing because the Vikings were so close. Let me tell here's how close the Vikings were to having Kevin Stefanski as their head coach. If the Vikings would have got blown out against the Saints in the wild card last year, I think it's entirely on the board that the Vikings fire Mike Zimmer and promote Kevin Stefanski to head coach. Instead, Mike Zimmer draws up a beautiful defensive game plan against the Saints. Kevin Stefanski has a great offensive game plan as well. They go on, they beat the Saints again in the playoffs. And, you know, like, that's how close the Vikings were to making Kevin Stefanski their head coach. I'm happy to see him succeed, and I'm happy to see him uh, do so in a situation where he's got a quarterback, he's got the running backs, might have, depending on what they do with it, like, they have a lot of offensive pieces in place for him to be successful for a long time there. So I'm happy to see him succeed when he got his first opportunity there. Mm-hmm. And Cleveland's back in the playoffs. They're back. So, after years of misery that the Houston Texans are about to go through. Question 35. So two quarterback trade predictions. What's your prediction on what happens with Deshaun Watson? What's your prediction of what happens with Carson Wentz? Oh, and I'll add another one in here. How about Russell Wilson? Can be nothing. It can be somewhere. So Ru- Russell Wilson, I don't think anything happens. I think that he'll still be playing. You know, he'll be starting week one. If, I, if I'm the uh, Seahawks, you know, he – so. He already was able to have his hand in uh, helping with the offensive coordinator prediction. You know what I'm doing if I'm the if if I'm the Seahawks, I'm telling them, hey, our third round pick, fuck what anything that my scout said. Our third round pick, pick whoever you want. We will draft them with that pick. You know, let him ha- like because here's the thing: do, you want to give him the sense that he does have control, and some you want to do with a pantheon level quarterback. So I, I, Russell Wilson still starts with them week one. Eagles, I that cap hit that they are about to incur the biggest cap penalty in NFL history if they trade Carson Wentz. Um, I don't know if Nick Sirianni gave his opinion on uh, who. Like, I think that the Eagles are really uh, dragging their feet through the mud. Whoever it was, you know, like. When they're going through this head coaching interview process with other coaches, they should have been, you're picking, like, part of the interview should have been, who is going to be our quarterback this year? Is it going to be Jalen Hurts or is it going to be Carson Wentz? Pick one because we're going to trade the other. That needs to be part of the interview that they had there. And for them to be unsure still at this time, I, or, well, I, I, I mean, it looks like Carson Wentz is on the way out. Um, I think that there's a number of teams that should try to trade for him, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to sit here and tell you, like, he's he has potential. I think it, I think the Colts would be wise to trade for him. I think the Bears would be as well. 
You know, there's a number of teams that I think would strongly benefit from trading for him. Maybe the football team. I don't know if they'd do it in a, in a division, though. Uh, I mean, they traded Donovan McNabb in the division. Mm. So that's something yep. to think about. There, There's a few teams that I think would be quite okay with, uh, like, would benefit from trading him. He had a terrible year. Like, I get it. If you're the Jets, I'd throw – I mean, I know that they're trying to get, like, a first-round pick, but if I'm the Jets, I'll throw a third round at you. You know, like, there are a number of teams that could – the Patriots would probably be the best fit. Uh, actually, not fit, but the Patriots would be irresponsible to not attempt to trade for him as well. There's a handful of teams that could use him. And then third, Deshaun Watson. I think he sits out the year. Ooh, I don't the think – Bell treatment. I don't think that uh, – Cause like, what is he worth? He's not worth what you have to trade to get him. If you're trading for him, you're probably giving up three first, like three first, three seconds, something like that. Or you're giving up like four firsts and a second or like, like there's, you'd have to give up so many picks that if you don't win immediately with him, it's going to be hard to keep talent around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's probably 28 teams in the league that should be looking to try to get him. Now, do you believe that the, um, do you believe that the Texans are holding Pat, like they say, or do you think they're listening to offers? I mean, all the reports say that they're not listening to offers, (laughs) which, which again is inept. It is. (laughs) Okay. Question number 36. Now, previously we talked about Aaron Rodgers, his thoughts, uh, you briefly touched on the Jordan Love trading up to to draft him in the first. Question number 36 is, how do you think that this Packers quarterback fiasco pans out? Uh, I think they keep Jordan Love on the roster and he doesn't play it down for them before they inevitably never renew his... Okay, don't let me say never play it down. He doesn't start a game of relevance... Uh, for the Packers ever, and he ends up walking in free agency uh, because Aaron Rodgers will continue to play at a high level for a number of years to come. It would be very wise of them to cut their losses, and by losses, we don't even know what this guy's going to be like. Trade him immediately right now. Call up 31 other teams and see if a team will give you a third-round pick for him. And if you can get that, trade him right away. And then try and then use that pick to try to build around Aaron Rodgers. So how many how many years do you think Rodgers has left with the Packers? Let's see, is he 36, 37? Rodgers is 37. I'm going to say 4. Okay. I think he plays at like 41 and still does well. Now if they don't win a Super Bowl or they don't make another deep run next year, how do you think that turns out? I think that depends on like is that on him or is that on the fr- like I think you can credit this year's failures to the front office. I don't think he's going to go for that much longer. But if they show if they show faith in like similar to like how Drew Brees, like all the move all the moves that the Saints did for Drew Brees over the last few years, if they kind of give Rodgers that treatment, I think he'll be fine staying there for, you know, 4 or 5 years. Okay. All right, here's another one. I'm going to have you write something down. So, I am going to give you 9 teams. <laughs> okay. And it's just a yes or no if you think that they draft a quarterback in the first round this year. All right. Got All right. Do just, you, just you re- want to do immediate reaction? Immediate yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just go okay. immediate. All right. First of all, we got the New York Jets. No. I don't either. 
they need to take so they have Makai Becton, who is a freaking mauler beast, just tall, big, massive. And then I heard that there's this Joe Thomas like uh, yes. prospect so that Panay Sewell from Oregon, and he is like they're calling him a generational talent. He would be a number one overall pick if Trevor Lawrence would not be there. If if you can secure, is Makai Becton's a tackle? Yeah. If you can, is uh, this this uh, rookie guy also a tackle? He has to be. There's no way they're looking at an interior lineman for number two overall. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to ignorantly assume that he's at. Like, you'd have a chance at sec- securing two, we'll just call it all pro-level prospect tackles. Yeah. It's a lot easier to build around a team that way. Um, I think that it would be wise of them to do so if this guy is Joe Thomas level. Sure. All right. Team number two, Miami Dolphins. No. Okay. What do you think that they do there? I I keep thinking that they're going to take a wide out. I feel like you have to yeah. surround Tua with talent. Chase or Smith? Yep. That's what I, I would assume. Because they're, they're three. Because they have the Texans pick, right? I think they're picking three or four. four. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're four. Okay. Okay, next. Atlanta Falcons. I say yes, personally. <sighs> Who's that? Uh, so Arthur Smith was their hire? Yep. What pick are they? Like. 15, 14? No, they're they're in the top Are they? six or seven picks. Really? I, think, I think they're six. To look it up right now. Uh, NFL draft order. So. So we got the Jags. Jags, Jets, Dolph. Oh, Dolphins are three. Okay, okay Falcons are four. Wow, I, I thought that they were... Okay, I Zach Wilson's another court. So they got Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence are like the t- big three. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with yes okay. because of the new uh, offensive coordinator. I think that he is going to attempt because Matt Ryan. They could trade him too if they if they really wanted to. I don't know if you'd be able to get much out of him in mm-hmm. a trade, but I think that they are in a position to where it would be ideal to like. If you're a new head coach and you're coming into a situation, you don't want to try to build around a 35, 36 year old quarterback who has shown de- uh, digression. Or um, I, th- I think that they do. Okay, uh, Detroit Lions. You looking at draft order still? Seven. Yes, they will. Okay, uh, Carolina Panthers at eight. No. <laughs> stick with Teddy. Yeah. Or try trading him. Stick with him. I think they stick with him. All right. Next, we got the Denver Broncos. No. I think they try to get a corner, help their secondary a little bit. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yes. Okay. Do you think that he contends with Jimmy G to start? He would be. Whoever they draft would be the starter. Okay. And then we got New England Patriots. You said free agent trade. I. I think they're they'd work out better in a trade. And then finally, we got the Washington Football Team. I feel like all the top tier quarterbacks are going to be gone by that point because they're the last one out of that group. Yeah, so they're picking nineteen. It looks like here. Um, how many yeses did I give? So you gave a yes for the Falcons, Lions, and the Forty Nine ers. So that's three. Okay, and then assuming Trevor Lawrence as well, if that gets for Yeah. I'm going to go with yes, just right. because, like, Alex Smith was bad. Okay. And 
Haskins is Haskins. Or it was Haskins. All right, let's get into a couple Vikings questions here. So question number 38. What's your prediction and what do you prefer for the Vikings at pick 14? Uh, depends on what they do in free agency. Um, the biggest need that this team has is interior offensive line, and it has been for five years or so. Go interior offensive line, whatever guard is there. Um, you know, uh, trying to think what it's really pissing me off that I don't know his name. He's the uh, like all world guard for the Colts that they picked like number five overall or something like two years ago. Are you talking about the guy they got from uh, they drafted him? Yeah. Costanzo, is it? No. Some big white dude. Um, Quentin Nelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted them to trade their entire draft to go up and pick this guy uh, when he came into the league. And it obviously would have been a great decision. But they, they need they need to con- uh, build on that interior offensive line. Um, or, or D-line. So... O line, D line. I've been seeing a lot of D line and mocks. Yeah, I don't care which O line, D line. Take your pick. That's what I'd like for their first three picks to be. Mm-hmm. Is on uh, is down there. No, because with their corners, you know, they did draft Jeff Gladney in the first. They did pick Cam Dantzler in the third, and you got like Josh Hand. You got other, like it's Mike Zimmer's job to build a competent defense. You can't keep get like it. It in theory. You're no genius if you're having a top defense when half your defense are all first round picks. You got to develop. You got to overperform. You got to scheme these guys into good situations. So given given like O line D line, that's all I want to see for the Vikings. And question thirty nine: Do you think the Vikings are a 2021 playoff team? Yes, but as a road wild card team that mm-hmm. would lose. Uh, and that's more so because we have seven teams, so I'd feel more confident in that. Um, because the Vikings tried doing something really weird last year and they in that they tried rebuilding while competing at the same time. You know, you trade away Stefan Diggs and you let your uh, entire defense go. But... You know, it is like a rebuilding uh, while trying to compete year for them. And if they win one game, I mean, we can talk about their one and five start that they had last year. You know, let me uh, just pull it, pull it up for you here. The Vikings one and five start that they had. They lost week one. Mike Zimmer's defense gave up 43 points. That was the worst defensive outing um, that they had there against the Packers. Offense came to play. Um, week two, they lost to the Colts. No one showed up. So here, here we go. Games that they should have won. Like, no excuses. This team should have won it. They were one play away from winning these following games. With, mind you, a bottom five defense. They lost by one to the Seahawks. They lost by one to the Titans. Those should have been two wins. They lost against backup quarterback when they played uh, against the Cowboys, when they were like in the middle of a stretch where they won five out of six games, if they would have beat the Cowboys. They lost to them by three in Minnesota. If they win that, they had a six-game win streak right in that little stretch there. Um, so 
like those three games, they absolutely should have won. If they win, if they win those, if they win those games, then you know they're they're in the playoffs just this year with having a miserable defense. So, you know they they'd have been they'd have been ten and they'd have been ten and six, and you know it would have been them going to play. Um, I don't know how the tiebreakers would have worked out against the Rams, but it would have been them uh, losing in the wild card to. Uh, the Saints probably. They got the Saints number though for playoffs. They do. All right. Another Vikings question. Number forty. So do you believe that the Vikings will cut Kyle Rudolph, who right now is considered a cap casualty, and do you think they should? Yes, I think they will, and yes, I think they should. Irv Smith and Tyler Conklin. <laughs> We're gonna start calling them Gronklin. Oh uh, stop. stop. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm shocked that he uh, was able to play the last two years with them. Because, you know, when they drafted Irv Smith in the second round, that to me was good night. See you later. Thank you for your time on the team. Uh, Irv hasn't progressed as we would have liked, but he makes way – Kyle Rudolph makes way too much money. It's been a, he's the longest tenure Viking. It's been 10 years. Thank you for your service. Uh, you're you're going to be able to compete on another team that you go and sign with in free yeah. agency. Question 41. So how much better do you think Matthew Stafford actually makes the Rams compared to Jared Goff? Uh, maybe like regular season wise, maybe two wins. You know, they were 10 and six last year. They may have gone 12 and four uh, and won the division. You think they're a lock for the playoffs Rams? Yes. Okay. I think they're a lock for the playoffs and it would be, a shock if they didn't make it out of the wild card round. I'll say that as well. Uh, what do you think their odds are to win the division? It's a tough ass division, so um, I don't know. I mean, the 49ers, you would assume, aren't going to be so riddled with injuries. Cardinals, you'd hope, take a step forward. I don't know. They'll be in the playoffs, and I see them making it out of the wild card. That's all I'll give. All right, question 42, do you think the Buccaneers run it back in terms of do you think they have similar success? You said that they're a, they're, they're a lock to, to win the division. I do. I think they're definitely a lock to win the division. I don't see them uh, making it to the NFC Championship game, though. Um, you think they lose a lot of their key players from this past year? Yeah, and you got to think of the absolute perfect storm that came together for them to win the Super Bowl. You know, we kind of talked about the moves that they made, uh, and every single one of them being the perfect right move. Like they did not, the, from the time Tom Brady signed with them, they did not make a single incorrect uh, personnel move the entire time. And with that, all players performed well. Like it took so much to get them to that point. I don't think um, you can expect uh, everything to fall in line so perfectly again. It's hard to win in the NFL. Yeah. All right. So. The ones that I had you prepare for coming into today are your playoff predictions. So we're going to go conference by conference. Um, you can give me your division winners and then the wild cards. Obviously, this is way too early. <laughs> yeah. But just this haven't is the, even haven't even had free agency. Yeah, no yet. free agency, no draft. So we'll we'll talk about each conference right now on initial thought, and then we'll wrap up by who you think your current 
way too early Super Bowl prediction would be. So let's start in the AFC and what your predictions are for the playoffs. So starting with your division winners. All right, so division winners going with the Bills, the Browns, the Colts, and Chiefs. Do you think any of those are close? Uh, I think in the AFC North it's going to be really close. Uh, you know, all three of those – they had three teams in that division win 11 games this last year, and Bengals with uh, Burrow should maybe win six games this year. So um, that, that division's really good. That'd be the one division I'd probably be the least confident in. So Bills, Browns, Colts, Chiefs. Yep. Who are your three wild card teams? The Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Titans. Interesting. Dolphins over Chargers. Yeah, I I can't tell you how much I really disagree with the direction that Chargers ended the year winning four straight. And, you know, they had the second best rookie in the league this year, but it's a tough division. I mean, do you think they're going to take a game? Like, they're looking at... Best case scenario is always a split with the Chiefs. Best case scenario is 3-3 three and three in the division. Mm-hmm. So... So you don't think that they sweep anybody? I think they sweep the Broncos. <laughs> Lose one to the Raiders and get swept by the Chiefs. Oh, and you think they... Okay, because you think they get swept. I was going to say 3-3, three 4-2 three, is a good prediction area. And four and two would be with a split of the Chiefs or a sweep of the other two. Yeah. Okay. What about your way too early NFC playoff predictions? Who are your division winners? The Cowboys, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Seahawks. All right. Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, Seahawks. And then what about your three wild card teams? Did say Vikings. I did. So the other two would be the Rams, and I'm going to go with the Cardinals as well. Interesting. So three teams making it from the NFC West. Yeah. Do you think that the AF or the NFC East is actually competent this year, or do you think it's more of the same? Uh, I'd be surprised if a team won 11 games. <laughs> Maybe a nine-win division winner. Nine or ten. And then finally we have who do you think currently would be your Super Bowl prediction? Hmm. Can the Chiefs win? Can they make three in a row? No. Uh, the AFC, I'd be more confident in saying that the Bills go. Okay. Uh, here you go. Bills, Browns, <laughs> AFC championship game. <laughs> the dream. The Chiefs don't even make it to the, so they don't win a game in the playoffs. Bold predict. Well, they might not be. I the guess one that they seed, wouldn't be the one seed, yeah. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're gonna make it to the AFC Championship game. Okay, Bills, Browns, and the Bills win. What about in the NFC? <sighs> See, I'm not really too confident about this because, like the the NFC, there's not really a huge gap. I, I think in any uh, way. I'm going to go with uh, Seahawks-Rams. Hmm. Oh, NFC West showdown. Yeah. Seahawks or Rams, who do you got going to the Super Bowl? Uh, Seahawks. So that was interesting. So we got the Seahawks and the Bills, and then who do you have taking it? 
the Bills. All right. So the Bills taking it and winning the Super Bowl in 2020. What are we, 2022? Yep. Yeah. So that's the 45 questions I have. Let's do a quick five questions that you have for me. I don't want to do any research on any of these, but uh, let's hear what you got. Okay. <clears throat> How many playoff games do you think the Chargers win in the next two years? Okay, next two years. So, Or, I'm sorry, not playoff. What's the farthest in the playoffs you see them going in the next two years? So, like, are you assuming that they make the playoffs either year, or is that something for me to decide? Whatever you want. Like, okay, so what, what is their peak in the next two years? So, best case scenario next year would probably be the sixth seed. It would be my assumption. Uh, the following year, I get, obviously, we I can't really tell what the team's going to look like with Staley there and uh, the changes, but they are going to be healthy. I think the highest ceiling would be an upset of a wild card matchup. That's it. Okay. That's my guess for the next two years. And Herbert's young enough to for that to be okay. Uh, if Staley's not good or they seem more mediocre on offense due to him being there, I could see them making a head coaching change. He is young, though, which for whatever reason keeps some coaches around just because they're younger mm-hmm. and the ability to, you know, kind of – I mean, he's in the, he's in the, top, the top five for youngest coaches in the NFL. So that's always something that's appealing. So I would say one wild card win. Okay. Who would you rather have as your quarterback for the next two years? Tom Brady or Matt Stafford? Huh. And I'm a team that's competing. You're a team that's competing. Okay. Tom Brady or Matt Stafford for the next two years. So I think I can't go with anybody other than Tom Brady just because he's proven it. I know that he's going to be 40. <laughs> He'll be 45. Honestly, he could probably play till 47. That's my prediction right now. You know, usually you'd say, oh, my gosh, when they're in their 40s, they're not going any further. But I would rather have Tom Brady, I believe, because he's a leader. He's a proven winner. He's the go-to-goats. And Matthew Stafford has very little to no playoff experience. So we don't really know what we're going to be seeing from from being exposed to that. Okay. Who's uh, throwing for the most touchdowns next year? Now, most touchdowns next yeah. year? And will that person win? This is the same, same question. Who's throwing the most touchdowns next year, and will they win MVP? Okay. Let's think. I mean, my immediate thought is going to be Patrick Mahomes, but I think very close behind would be Dak Prescott. I had to do it. Mm. So, do I go safe or do I go risky? I'm going to go safe. I'm going to take Mahomes. So, I think my home, I mean, Mahomes didn't really have a disappointing year, but if you look at the year before, he had fucking 50 touchdowns. So, it'll, it'll be interesting for sure. I don't think Rodgers, I think he strongly regresses in the touchdown count. Mm, okay. That's my opinion. If they get another wide receiver, though, that would obviously counter my point. Mm-hmm. I'll go with Patrick Mahomes as being my safe pick, but I do think that Dak Prescott is a dark horse for that, being healthy, hopefully, and then having as great of offensive weapons that he has. Still don't understand the C.D. Lamb pick, but it is what it is. Okay, uh, so we got question 49 here. Who do you think... Uh, so we we saw like a Josh Allen progression uh, this year. Uh, one one of the greatest jumps we've seen. Yep. 
what player um, makes a similar jump? If you had to pick one guy. I immediately thought of one guy, but it's very, very, very bold. It's Baker Mayfield. Oh, okay. So Baker Mayfield. Baker had a really good year this year. Yep. He had uh, 3,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Had a really good stretch in which he didn't throw a pick for like five straight yep. games. And has year, a competent coach, not fucking Freddie Kitchens. Year, year two of the Stefanski system. Yep. The only thing is going to be who are going to be his guys. Because, I mean, do the Browns trade Odell? Do they keep him? Is he healthy? Jarvis Landry and Rashad Higgins is not going to prove my Peoples point. Jones. Now, if I was going to go even more bold, mm-hmm. which I'm not, I would take Sam Darnold for the New York Jets. Okay. Because if they, and that would be really bold if they went out and they got a couple wide receivers. But I don't think that's going to happen. That would be, like, my next thought. I mean, like, Herbert obviously is an is a obvious thought for that. Mm-hmm. Or Kyler. But I'm not the strongest believer in Kyler, personally. I know he's mobile, and he's got Hopkins there, but I just don't believe in Kingsbury, so that makes that kind of tough. You look elsewhere around the league. I mean, like, how fucking crazy is that Deshaun Watson threw for as many touchdowns and as many yards as he did? He led the league in yardage, correct? Yeah. With some scrubs. Yeah. He only had, like, ten games with Will Fuller. I believe he also led the league in, uh, like, average per pass as well. Yeah. So – uh, Deshaun Watson led the league in yards, and he led it in yards per attempt. Guess who was number two in yards per attempt? Mahomes. Kirk Cousins. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! But I'll go. I'll go Baker Mayfield. That's like my legitimate. Pick. Okay, I know so, I was so Baker Mayfield bit. MVP level. I don't right. know if he'd be. I don't think he'd be MVP, but I think he would. He'll uh, make the, the Browns level? very good. I think okay. they could win twelve games. Okay. 12-13. All right. Uh, what is this then? Uh, is this going to be 50? This will be 50. Okay. Make the case for why Justin Herbert should have won uh, Rookie of the Year <laughs> over Justin Jefferson. All right. So I can't – I'll be honest. I can't really make the case. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say that he did shatter all rookie quarterback records. When you say shatter, like – you mean he beat the records Baker Mayfield set just two years ago. Yeah. In a past, like, Justin Jefferson beat an 18-year-old. He beat Randy Moss's record, which he beat, is. He, no, he, it was Anquan Bolden's oh. record. Um, so, Justin Jefferson, first rookie. To, so, here's and here's why I think that Justin Jefferson should have got it. You can make an argument, like, so I think Justin Jefferson may have been second team. All, like, Justin Jefferson, you could have argued, was a top five receiver in the league. Which is crazy because he didn't even play the didn't first two Didn't play the first games. two weeks. So. Whereas, like. Justin Herbert was, for all comparison purposes, a little bit better than average quarterback, which that's difficult to do as a uh, as a quarterback as a rookie quarterback. You know what's real difficult to do? Set the all time rookie record in yards. Um, so I, I, all right. I know that you were blown away when you saw that uh, Justin Jeff- Justin Jefferson was what the number three valued player in Dynasty. Yeah, so that's um, for this is fantasy football purposes, by the way. So I mean, well, the two that were ahead of him, I was surprised that given how much older they're like six years older than him. Well, wasn't Devonte Adams on the was no, de, Yeah, Devonte okay. Adams was number one. Which yeah, I get it. Uh, twenty seven, right? 
I think that he's going to be... I think he'll tw- be 28 going into the year. Like, Justin Jefferson's 21. There yeah. is a there is a huge gap there in mm-hmm. age. Even though Devontae may have f- four or five good more years left. And I don't remember who you said was second. That was Tyreek Hill. Was it? Maybe. I- it was Tyreek Hill. No, it was Jonathan Taylor. That's who it was. Jonathan Taylor is the highest... Re- the highest dynasty value running back, I believe. Yeah, because he's 22 and he was uh, like third in yards last year. Which is year. so crazy because Jonathan Taylor is not involved in the. I mean, he was. He actually was involved in the passing game a little bit more than I thought he would be. Yeah, he had 36 Colts. catches, 300 yards. And, like, it's a crazy thing. Like, he wasn't even supposed to play this year. Mm. You know, he got Marlon Max uh, injury. And, like, his career is done, at least with the Colts. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But, yes, to go back to our point here, I don't really think I can make an argument for the overall impact that he had on the league. Yes, like, I think Herbert has cemented himself as a franchise quarterback for the team. Mm -hmm. uh, But in terms of pure statistics. Like, they both had record-breaking seasons and far exceeded expectations. But, like, compared to their peers – I think Justin Jefferson should have won uh, Rookie of the Year. Yep, yep. But it's got to be awesome knowing that you've got a uh, franchise quarterback now. That it does, and his name's not Drew Locke, so. <laughs> or Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr. So uh, it at least makes us competent. Uh, hey, Derek Carr wasn't terrible last year. Hey, he did have an MVP-level season uh, a few years ago also. Raiders completely dropped the ball on making the playoffs. They were lined up. Had everything going, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I got. Uh, Bo- oh, here we go. Bonus question 51. Okay. If the Raiders go six, I we're playing 17 games now. If the Raiders go six and 11 or worse, do they fire John Gruden with Not a seven years? How, ba- like. Not a chance. Is there, There's way too much is money there, involved. Yeah, they'd still have to pay him 70 mil. <laughs> is there anything John Gruden can do? On the field, like, success-wise, to get fired. No. <laughs> All right. Maybe fine. if he goes, like, <laughs> 2 and 15 or something. Okay. You can't pay. I mean, he'll be in his sec- third year? Yeah, he's entering year. Actually, this year might have been year three. You know, I think this year was year three. Speaking of which, there is a website. I think it's called Is Gruden Done Yet? Yeah. Pull it up right now. Isgrudendunyet.com. <laughs> so uh, this was his. This was actually his third year with the with the Raiders, and um, you know, still yet to see a uh, winning record from them boys. His three years there, they went four and twelve, seven and nine, eight and eight, and they very well could have made the playoffs each of the last two years. Now this year they did have like one of the worst defenses in the league. So is. John Gruden gone yet? Uh, I think it's done yet. Is is, Gruden done yet? No, it's called Is Gruden Gone Yet? No. He has six years, 47 weeks, two days, 53 hours, 55 minutes, and 39 seconds. Gruden has made $4 since I have been saying this sentence right here. (laughs) He is still owed $68,893,670. That's guaranteed money. Guaranteed. Coaches are contracts are fully guaranteed. Congrats, Vegas. It's <laughs> one way to use your money that's stimulated from the economy. Yeah. So, just for reference, uh, Gruden is now up twelve dollars since uh, <laughs> I pulled up the site. 
All right, Amelia Clark fan president, thanks for joining me on this episode. It was fun. Had a lot of good opinions, good rants, and hopefully we can get you back on, talk some football after free agency, after the dust from the draft settles. Looking forward to it. Skull. <laughs>